Welcome to TLC for the Soul podcast, where soul meets spirit. You have entered into sacred space. I'm your host, Tammy Lynn Chambers, and I'm here to help you shine. Now let's get going on this podcast journey. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I am outdoors again on a very foggy, misty morning, sitting in my favorite little spot, and hopefully I can record this before it starts raining. (laughs) That's the intention. So welcome to all of you that are new. Welcome to the podcast. And for those of you that are returning, welcome back. I'm happy to have all of you here in this little sacred space with me. Um, And this podcast episode, we are doing a storytelling. So if you haven't kind of deduced it by now, (laughs) um, a lot of different things are going up on the podcast. So we've got the storytelling, which we are going to do today, part three, and the final part, which was a little bit of a surprise to me, (laughs) of Tambor. And I guess that's about right. We're coming up to the end of a month. So we've got... um, We've got that. I'm going to try to cover my phone a little bit. Put a little umbrella over it because it's raining. Um, Part three of Tambor. So there's other things going up on the podcast. I just want to speak to that really quickly. And then we're going to get into Tambor. Um, But there is also Starseed HQ that's gone up. So if you are a Starseed or think you might be a Starseed, that is something to take note of. Um... We're going to be doing a lot of different things there um, in relation to the Starseed Awakening journey. Um, The other thing we've got on the podcast, it's TLCs, where I just channel in messages from my (laughs) new heart club, I'm calling it. Um, Guides that want to come in and share messages of love and light and new earth now with us. So that's up on the podcast now. Um, and then we've got these storytellings in various forms, and we have been focused since October of last year on the Bringers of the Light series. And I think we're gonna, con- yeah, we're gonna continue with that next month. So if just to get you into your listening experience. Um, as I always say on any of these episodes, you choose your listening experience. So if you came just to hear a story about Tambor and the bringers of the light, then just settle in. We'll get started here in just a moment. If you came for, uh, to catch deeper meanings and metaphors, um, then I invite you to, um, listen more intently, get yourself into, you know, a space where you can really kind of focus on the story that's being shared, um, kind of let your intuition help you tap into anything that might be standing out for you as being a metaphor for you on your own journey, as there are many. (laughs) Um, And if you are going to take the work even deeper, then you would create your own sacred space which I'm going to bring us all in here together now in a circle of love light and light love. And you would invite in your own spirit guides, whether you know them or not, 
um, to join you on this journey. Any that might have messages for you, um, any that want to speak to you about um, the metaphors that might be coming up here and how they relate to what's going on in your life. And then at the end of this story, the three chapters, um, if you want to stick around, if you're listening for those deeper meanings, then um, I've kind of got some quote-unquote revelations about what this story um, with Tambor and Jameson is all about. And so for those of you that are maybe listening and you're on a divine counterpart or sacred union journey, it used to be, some still call it the twin flame journey. I'm not calling it that anymore. I'm just calling it divine counterparts or your soulmate journey or the one, quote-unquote, the one. Um, if you're on that journey working towards union or reunion with your divine counterpart, then I have some messages about timbre at the end of the podcast and how that relates to this journey. Um, and I think that's mainly where I've been branching out is um, energy work, just um, overall with the collective. You'll hear me talk about these themes. Um, Starseed HQ, we're going to go into more of the Starseed stuff. The Springers of the Light series is the Divine Counterpart Journey, and if you've been tapping into the, I think we did the first one, the beginning of the year, the January um, energy forecast, um, for the next three months, we are focused on sacred partnerships, love, and relationships. So, let's settle in. Let me find Tambor without making too much noise and see where we left off. Oh, yeah. We left off in the cemetery with Jameson um, teleporting away because he realized after talking to Marie Laveau that he thought he loved Timber and he was like, whoa, I don't know what this means, but I've got to get out of here quick. Oh my God, you guys, there's so many metaphors now about the divine counterpart journey in this. I'm going to wait to share them though at the end. So Jameson's gone, Tambor's like, what the heck just happened? And we dive right into chapter seven, I'm not who you thought. So let's take a couple of deep breaths together. Here we go. Tambor stood there quite perplexed. What was he thinking, removing himself from her like that? Didn't he know that it was through him that she could be all that she was? Hadn't he figured it out by now? She didn't care if he was a bird, a troll, or Jack the Ripper. She felt something for him, and now he was gone. She knew she couldn't follow him. It was forbidden by the bringers of the light to teleport away from the sanctity of the planet. They had made her promise, even put a tracker on her in case she had decided to get sporty and go. She knew she couldn't follow him, and she knew that he knew it too. She reached out in her mind and called him. No response. She sat down on the rough stoop of some old gravestone and thought hard. She could always quit and go home, but she was no quitter. No, she was going to do this right for once, but she was going to need some help. She would be darned if she didn't try. She pulled out her cell and called the one other person on this planet she knew could and would help her. Dakar, she said to voicemail, it's me. I, I need your help. SOS. She trailed off, ending the call. He would come when he could. In the meantime, she needed something to take her mind off what had just occurred. She pulled out her flask, a deck of cards, and her music. She would sit and wait for Dakar, and then she would work all this out. 
No sense in trying to figure out anything now. She was getting woozy and reached into her pocket, pulling out the bag of extraterrestrial beads she used for sustenance. She ate a few and laid her head back against the stone. She could feel someone. No, something was watching her. She could kill them right now if she wanted to, but she didn't feel that was what was required. She felt a presence behind her and turned quickly to see a wisp of air and shadow. She squinted hard and swallowed. She didn't feel right enough to shift yet. She waited, almost holding her breath. A fog started to gather around the gravestones, and then she saw a figure step out of the mist. Dakar, what the heck, she said, admonishing his lack of disclosure. Why are you creeping up on me like that? She breathed out deeply. My dear, Dakar said, helping her to her feet. You're going to owe me one, he said, laughing as he tipped his English cap and bowed in her presence. Whatever, she said, shifting into the hideous creature he knew her to truly be. It's Jameson, she said, through rough skin and barred teeth. He's gone. She sighed, feeling older than her thousands of years. The only being I've ever loved is gone. What am I going to do now? You're going to pick yourself up, and you're going to find him, Dakar said. Knowing Abigail would be giving him heck for disappearing so suddenly. You're going to do it right this time, he said, looking at the creature. I'm not sure I have the strength to do that, she said, feeling the weight of the earth literally on her shoulders. Well, I'm here to help within reason, Dakar said. HQ gave me carte blanche where you're concerned, but I've got my limits too, he said, savoring the juicy prime rib he had to step away from when he saw the phone message. Let's get started, shall we, Dakar said. And as Tamber's strength returned, she shifted back to her lovely bad girl disguise, hoping he was right. Chapter 8 What If I Told You Tamber was not one to waver in her ways. She knew what she wanted, and she wanted it when it was best for her. But that could mean different things at different times. She knew that Dakar meant well, and she was keen to see what he had in mind, but she couldn't help thinking he was being guided by ulterior motives. She resolved herself to follow him, even when he asked her to return home with him. She could eat dinner and sit down and really talk, and it was time Abigail knew the truth. All those times he'd been spirited away, and the night when she hid under the stairs, it had been Tambor showing up on a mission. She was most dramatic at times, and to convince him to go would most often mean to shift to her true self to prove a point. She could be testy, mean, and downright dangerous, but she knew a friend and a foe from a hundred miles away, and Dakar was a friend for sure. She wasn't sure how Abigail might accept her, but she decided she needed to apologize for her lack of sensitivity when it came to Dakar. She literally had no one else on earth to turn to. Sure, HQ would help her out, sponsor her Earth visa, and get her what she needed. But if push came to shove and she really misbehaved, they'd just as soon send her back home. And the 33rd quadrant of the Andromeda Galaxy could be a mean, lonely place, especially if you'd been ostracized from your people in some way. And Tambor had been just that. Left behind when the Dark Ones overtook her family's compound, she had been literally pushed into an escape pod while the rest of them had been brutally slaughtered. She would never live that one down. 
She didn't want to go back to a wasteland. Even if she could start the repopulation of her people, she didn't feel like trying. Her heart was still broken into a million small pieces at their demise. So she had jettisoned off at the Earth Stargate 597645 and had gotten permission from the bringers of the light to join forces. She learned all she had about fighting and such from them, and Dakar had been her one and only friend. Once the softer-hearted ones had seen her shift, they had been too frightened to continue on with her. But Dakar, he had understood. Somewhere deep inside, he could feel her pain and responded with compassion. And then she had received Jameson. She knew he wasn't a bird. She could smell an earth male from miles away. But it had been fun to pretend. She had never really seen him, but she had heard him talk of a special agent she had heard talk of a special agent who had gone rogue to escape his problems, and she had suspected it was him. But now he was gone, and all the planets in the galaxy could benefit from an agent like him. She wondered where he was. Calling out to him in her mind, she got a clear do not disturb from his guides. She loaded her plate with mashed potatoes and prime rib and sat down at the candlelit table. She smiled sweetly at Dakar as she kicked him under the table. Darling, Dakar said to Abigail, holding her hand, Tambor has something to tell you. And under the light of the moon and flickers from the Campbell, candles, <laughs> Tambor told her tale. Chapter 9 The Truth Comes Out Abigail breathed a deep sigh of relief. She felt so much better now, knowing that an agent of the light had been the one to keep taking Dakar out on those secret missions. She had thought for so long that some demonic creature had captured him. Why didn't you just tell me, she asked him, in between bites of cherry pie, freshly made a crust that morning. I would have understood. Tambor slurped her tea and ate a hearty piece of pie with her fingers, cherry juice dripping down her chin. I asked him not to, Tambor said. I, I didn't want anyone to know about me, she said. I mean, the real me. I, I didn't know you had seen me that night, she said, licking her fingers. I, I need a smoke, she said, rising from the table. Want to join me? I'm good, Dakar said, rising to help Abigail clear the table. Tambor rose and made her way outside to the back veranda that overlooked the bay. Another storm was rolling in, and she contemplated sleeping under the bridge over by the wetlands but changed her mind when she heard Abigail and Dakar talking. She could tell they were deep into each other. She was tired of being alone. She pulled her cell out of her pocket and dialed Clive's number. He answered on the first ring. Of course he's missing me, she thought. I gave him the best of me, if only for a good time. But wasn't that part of what being human was all about? Tambor wasn't shy where her sexuality was concerned. She could be just as sultry a human as any real one could be. Can I come by? Tambor asked Clive, who was already savoring an evening together with her. Sure, Clive said. I've got some of that flying ointment you like. We can go to Mars or anywhere else you fancy, he said, knowing that when they astral traveled, he got the best of her in many ways. It wasn't just about the sexual encounter. Although Clive was built for that, it was for sure. Okay, Tambor said, knowing she was only going there to get it on with him. He didn't love her, and she knew that but it made the pain of losing Jameson go further away. She knew it wasn't a good idea, but like drinking or drugging, men were Tambor's distraction. She went back inside to find Abigail and Dakar locked in an embrace. 
She could feel the passion, but also the deep love. It made her feel something deep inside her heart. How did you know that Dakar was the one, she asked Abigail, who was still swooning over the kitchen sink. When you know, you just know, Abigail said, unable to express the feeling in words. It just comes over you, like a tsunami, she said, putting some pie in a container for Tambor. For you, dear, she said. Thanks, Tambor said, feeling a little uncomfortable. She wasn't used to being mothered. She had lost her mother in the battle and had never forgotten how it felt. The sadness came back now, and she turned away, wiping her eyes with the back of her sleeve. "'You're welcome here any time,' Abigail said, walking with Tambor to the front door. "'Thanks,' Abigail said, waving back at Dakar. They would meet up again later and plan for what was to come. But for now, as she walked towards Clive's, Tambor tried to remember the tsunami she felt when she first saw Jameson in the cemetery. It had literally carried her away. Tears formed at the thought of them, and she brushed them aside as she made her way up the steep drive to Clive's. He had seen her coming from the security camera and met her at the door. They embraced in a perfunctory way. She decided there was no tsunami there, but he would do for now. She closed her mind to love and removed her clothes, rubbing the flying ointment over all her tingly parts. She applied some to Clive and they went into the blacklight room. Techno disco pumped from the sound system. They lay down together on the soft duvet of the bed and let the music and herbs from the ointment take over. Doot, <laughs> That's all, y'all. That's all. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And at the end of that, I was kind of like, is that all? It feels like that's all. It just felt like nothing else was going to be forthcoming there. And, you know, Tamper and friends were kind of like, yep, that's it for now. And left me kind of pondering about, okay, what does that mean? That's it for now. Where's this story going? And then um, I was watching a um, Guided by Angels, which is um, the YouTube channel I follow um, Liz right now just for um, kind of tapping in more to the... um, Sacred Unions and Divine Counterpart Journey, and um, she was showing a book called The White Stag, and she was going through the chapters and saying, you know, all these are metaphors for the sacred journey, and um, I was listening to her speak, and the book had like 22 chapters, and, um, you know, I stopped listening to that video, and I was like, thinking more about Tambor, and then I thought, okay, this is what's happening here, so they showed me that Jameson is going to be the little short story or a little um, block of work we do for February. And then I thought, okay, here we go. So I don't know why we started out with, we started out with Divine Union. So if you don't want to hear the uh, breakdown of where this is going, um, and you were just here to hear this story, then we're done with that for now. And you're welcome to either, you know, duck out now or stick around and hear me go deeper into the story. Um, just take a few minutes here to break this down a little bit for those who want to do that work alongside me. Um, so we started out with sacred unions with Abigail and Dakar. That was a little curious to me. So October, November, December, um, a lot was happening there, a lot of it around their union. And then we kind of went away from them for a little bit. So I'm like, okay, what's happening here? 
Um, it's almost like maybe some of us came, some of you, some of us came into separation or something around the end of the year. I don't know if, if necessarily there's a chronological timeline involved here with this. But then we started here in January. All of a sudden, it's like the divine feminine journey and Tambor. Oh my gosh! I mean, you can think of her just as she's written, like she's some um, star seed from somewhere, um, and she's more like a, a um, she's a star being. She doesn't really belong on Earth at all, um, and you can relate that to the star seed journey in some way. And then now she's waking up to like this divine feminine part of herself. And it's so interesting to me. Um, You can think of her as a creature or you can think of her as an aspect of yourself and your own divine feminine journey. And where is this going? Like she thinks of herself. I just, there's so many layers to this. She thinks of herself as like this hideous creature, but maybe she's not a hideous creature. Maybe she is a badass girl. And maybe that's part of what you need to, I'm getting chills. Whenever I get chills, like my confirmation about like maybe that somebody listening to this needs to hear this. And maybe it's me too. Like you're not a hideous creature who, um, who doesn't deserve love because I think she feels like she doesn't deserve love. She's like, ah, I'm an orphan. I lost everybody I loved. Um, I just kind of hang out with men for, you know, a good time. Um, I'm just here to have a good time. Like she doesn't want to go deep. She just wants to be on the superficial and in the peripheral. And, um, she's finding like all of a sudden through, seeing Abigail into car and just really thinking about what's going on with her and Jameson. Like she, maybe she does deserve to have that feeling or not even that she wants that feeling. She wants that feeling. She wants to feel what it feels like to swoon and to, even if she's kind of a little bit like, Oh, I don't know what that's even like, would I feel funny or would I look weird doing that or being like that? She's got a lot to work out. But what kind of disappoints me at the end is she kind of just decides like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to go have a good time again. So I was kind of like, well, why is she checking out here again at the end? And then I think back to um, just personally my journey and some of what I'm hearing through um, the collective readings for the Divine Feminine and Divine Masculine and the journey is right about this time. If you're listening to this, these are timeless recordings, so it's going to you're going to hear it when you need to hear it. But right now, when I'm recording this, there is this sense on the divine feminine side of, oh, screw it, my union is not going to happen anytime soon. So I'm just kind of kind of almost like roll backwards in a sense. Like, like, am I going to negate all the work I've already done on myself because my sacred partner is not here yet? Or am I going to I recorded something about this over on Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram or if you want to follow me on Instagram over at TLC for the soul, it's the exact same username. Um, There's a link in the show notes too, but I did something called energetic tough love the other day. And it was kind of like, are you going to, are you going to wallow in the fact that you didn't get what you want? You know, you're, you didn't get your sacred partner yet. You're not in union. You're not in reunion. Um, Are you going to wow wow about it? Are you going to pull yourself up by your, bootstraps and are you just going to get on with your life and are you going to keep doing your own work you're not going to throw all the work you already did to hell in a handbasket you're not going to negate all the good work you've already done on yourself why do you want to do that you don't want to do that this is like my cheerleader pep talk again so you want to keep moving forward with your own self-love your own self-care your own spiritual practice 
you guys really need to go listen to that. I don't want to have to rehash the whole thing here. But if you're interested in hearing more about that, it's like the only thing you can control is your spiritual practice and your creative work and your soul mission and your soul purpose. So, ah, so much to say there. So next month then, we're going to do Jameson. And what I'm going to do the middle of this coming week is the February, if you're into the monthly energies, I want to touch on February. I don't know quite where we're going with it yet, although I think I am going to make it a little bit more all-inclusive. Maybe I'll do a separate one for, um, I want to do, I want to read a little bit more into the energies than just um, unions, so I may focus a little bit on stuff for starseeds. Um, unions and then the collective in that energy report so we kind of get our whole listener base um, included there and then we were going to pick up with Jameson um, next weekend will be the next episode and somewhere in the middle here I am going to start uploading Starseed HQ um, episodes shorter ones where we're going to get introduced to all the different star families from the Galactic Councils of the Light and I will be bringing in channeled messages from them and light language so if you're interested in light language even if you don't know what it is but it piques your interest as an awakening starseed these are going to be activations um, to open up your DNA open you up to your soul mission open you up to your Akash as it has to do with your starseed journey so there's lots to come on the podcast Ooh, it's too noisy here there's lots to come on the podcast and I hope that you will join me for some or all of these episodes whenever you can and I look forward to ah, being with you all again soon so thank you so much for joining me take care for listening to this podcast it has been brought to you by the bringers of the light an etheric group of higher light beings focused on service to Gaia humanity and the self as it pertains to the spiritual journey so they are here to support you on your path to love and to working with others thank you so much for joining us Take care.